1: Welcome to your partner in success radio. I'm your host Denise Griffiths and listen as children we were taught to go play. I don't know about you but once and I was just talking with Eric in my virtual green room once breakfast was cleared we had to go outside and if it was raining we wound up in the garage to play. We weren't sitting around watching TV or you know. When I was a child, we didn't have tablets or phones, but it's a different life now. We're going to talk about why we still need to go play. And honestly, as he says in his book, no instructions are needed to figure out how to get this done. They knew. So why as adults do we make things so difficult and why aren't we playing? So my guest today is Derek Richardson, and he joins us to talk about attitude, setting goals, letting go of the past, making proper adult decisions. That's always fun, and much more. And as I just mentioned, he is also the author of a little book called Go Play, and that book is on the desk as we as we speak. Derek is a speaker, a CEO, and a serial entrepreneur, and he has held a variety of roles and titles throughout his career. However, the first thing his friends and his family will tell you is that he has never forgotten where he comes from or who he's always fought for. A true business leader, Derek has proven he can motivate and train individuals at very high levels, and we're going to talk about that as well. Good morning, Derek, and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here, and thank you for sending your book to me.
0: Absolutely. Good morning, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, when I – when. I read the title of the book, and I went, well, yeah, <laughs> it's two words, go play. We don't. I mean, so obviously, we do. You know, a lot of people will play tennis, and they'll do this. You know, they've, they've got hobbies and games. But we don't just go outside and play in the mud because we can, and I miss that.
0: I do, too. I really do, and, and you know, you hit it on the nose when I was a kid also. You know, it was always dinner time. Um, My mother uh, is an accountant, was an accountant. She's retired now. Um, But when she came home, she would start dinner and she said, get out of here. (laughs) You know, get out of the kitchen, you know, go play. You know, I'll call you when dinner's ready. And it's just so funny because we didn't say, well, mom, should we play with Legos? Mom, should we go play with Jimmy? Mom, should we go play basketball, you know, uh, at the next door neighbor's house? We just got out of there. We played. We had a great time. We figured it out and for some reason we've lost that as adults uh, in this society and it's it's frustrating to me um, because I think that you know again we're only here for such a short time relatively speaking uh, and so much of that is lost in trying to make the right decision and calculating what job we should have and 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 who should be a part of our circle and all that good stuff just go play I mean really just go have fun go play and figure it out
1: exactly and listen when I was a kid you know I was the oldest of several children I remember asking my mom as I got a bit older, did they know it caused that? We just kept having babies. <laughs> like We could stop. But I was an introvert in a house full of very loud kids. But we didn't watch TV. There was one, it was in the living room, but we were not allowed to just sit there and plunk our butts down and watch whatever was on TV. And to this day, I still don't watch much TV. We did read. So as an introvert, I was always the one whether it was in the garage or whether it was in my grass fort, we had part of our property that had really tall, almost like a wheat-like grass, and we would crush it down and make little forts. And we would all have our own little spot, and you couldn't come in to my spot unless you knocked. I don't know how you're supposed to knock on a weak door, but, you know, don't just kind of barge in. But we would be outside, and we would play, or we would read, or we would go look at the new houses being built and get nails in our feet. I remember all of that, and now, and we talked about this just a few minutes ago in the green room, it's unusual to see kids outside. I'm always a little bit startled when I see kids it riding is. on their bicycle or, you know, hollering and hooting in the street. I'm, I'm actually delighted to see it.
0: You know, I am too. Where I live in a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, um, you know, there's there's not, and I grew up playing basketball just outside. That's what we did. Even if we weren't playing basketball, we had a ball in our hand and we were at the park. Um, you know, reading was big for us too, but I mean, we, we all congregated at the park and uh, we would play tag and meet girls and play basketball and all types of stuff. And uh I was riding around one day this fall and I said, You know what? I have passed seven uh parks with basketball hoops and there's nobody out here playing. And it was a nice every day in Columbus, Ohio. Um, nobody was nobody outside, outside uh, playing, playing basketball and I was just like, Wow, like, wow. you know, That's this just is wrong. Crazy. That's
1: crazy. Yeah, it is. That's just wrong. And you know, my um I live in a, a small community in southwest Louisiana and for the longest kind, it's actually where I live is actually part of an old plantation so for the longest kind of time the property behind me was a field and then they tore that down and started building houses about seven or eight years into those houses being there all of a sudden a family moved in they're like two houses behind me two houses to the left they're not directly in back of me And I would hear kids all the time and I would hear them from the moment the sun came up practically till nine o'clock at night. And you're going to think I'm a lunatic, but I would actually open my windows if I was, you know, couldn't go outside and play. Or I would go outside and sit with my cat and my dog and listen to these kids play. And it brought back so many memories. And it kind of hurt my heart because we just don't see that much anymore and listen i live in a farming community there's no reason these kids can't be outside but they're not
0: a hundred percent a hundred percent and you know what's funny is that so we have four kids um and our yard uh was the yard that everybody came and and congregated probably because uh, i encouraged my kids to be outside um and on sundays uh in the in the spring summer and fall. There was a backyard football game i mean boys and girls of all sizes um and, and i used to be the all-time quarterback and then the, the kids grew up and there were two teams i mean this was a, an event that happened every sunday and my kids are grown now so we have 25 uh, 23 20 and 16 and uh one night the 16 year old was out as as teenagers do and my wife and i were outside by the fire and i said it is quiet out here um, it, it is it is quiet, and I called my parents, um, and, and and I do a bad job of of checking up on them regularly. I do try to call them, you know, a couple times a month, but I do a bad job of of just checking up on them regularly. And I literally said, you know, what was it like to to be an empty nester? Um, because it's kind of sad, you know. Um, and, and I was speaking about the, the the noise of the environment and the noise of the yard. And like you said, just listening to the noise is soothing sometimes. And it reminds me of of my childhood. Uh, and my mom said, "Well, you know what you guys did to me? You guys made me an empty nester twice. Because <laughs> when, you guys, when left, you guys left, <laughs> you guys it was very quiet. But then you started having kids, and the, and the grandkids would come over." Um, And then they left us, you know, and and they got too big to hang out with grandma and grandpa So then they left us. So we were we've experienced this twice uh, She said and uh, she said it is sad. So, you know, it's something about the noise of of kids playing that's soothing It's nostalgic uh, and it's something that we need to to get back to uh, as a society because these tablets and phones aren't doing anything good in my opinion
1: No, I agree with you and listen. I'm a nerd in stilettos. I have three iPads and iPhone I've got a giant computer you know, monitor I build websites. I'm a nerd, and I wouldn't be without them. but I have to say, I'm so glad that they didn't exist when I was a kid because, as an introvert, I probably would have i my neck would be permanently bent, I probably wouldn't be able to stand up straight at all, but you're right, and yeah. you know I think what you learned and I learned. Being around other people all the time during the day, whether you wanted to be or not, you had to learn, you know, how to treat people, how to, I don't even know where I want to go with this. You had to be able to assimilate in some ways, but also stand up and be your own person. But you also had to pay attention to what was going on around you. And I'll be honest with you, I see kids, hang on a losing my voice I will see kids getting off of the school bus and they're jumping down and they're not talking to one another their heads are bent they're looking at their phone I watched a group of four of them walk down the street the other day and they never looked at each other they were all looking at their phones they never had a conversation I almost wept I thought that was the saddest thing I had seen in a long time
0: it really is and I think where you're going is that, I mean, you have to have social skills, right? Yeah, you have to know how to handle yourself in social situations around people you like, uh, around people you don't like. Um, I mean, you know, I talk about it in the book. I mean, if we were playing outside and we didn't like Johnny, then we took our ball and we went home. <laughs> and we didn't play with Johnny, you know. Um, but as adults, why do we keep Johnny around in our circle? And why do we pretend to like Johnny right And 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 that sort of fakeness is what's happening and the kids aren't learning genuine social skills because everything's done on social media now right and there's something about being sort of stronger they say keyboard warriors because uh, you kind of type out what you what you feel but you can also put this sort of persona about who you are over social media and that's really not true to yourself. And so what happens when you're placed in a situation to where your true self needs to come out and you don't know how to express it? Uh, it, It's something that's very, very serious, uh, in my opinion, for our future generations. I mean, these are the future leaders of our country and leaders of our world and and business leaders and um, teachers, right? Um, How can we get them to express themselves in an appropriate manner when it comes to social skills?
1: And how do they learn... Logical thinking, critical thinking skills. Listen, one my dog got out of my fence um, right after the last hurricane. The fence was all busted up. And she got out, and she found a, a house in the neighborhood behind me that she liked to go visit. And I would get texts like, Abby's here. So, okay, I'm on my way. And I would shore up the fence again, and then she'd find another way out at some point. But the first, and I'll never forget this, the first time it, I – you yeah, called the people that had her, and I had never met them, and turned out, which I didn't realize at the time as a fourteen year old boy he had no no skills at all as far as communication and I mean none. he's a nice kid, he's a sweet kid. It took me and I, I wrote this down because I was so fascinated by how long it took for me to get his address five wow. separate times. To get the street address, I've got your dog. Okay, where's my dog? Oh, she's in my front yard. Ah. And this just went on and on and on. Five times it took me to to pinpoint what was his street address. He didn't know how to communicate at all. That doesn't mean he's wow. a bad kid. He's a sweetheart, but he, I worry about him actually ever working in public if that's his. Yeah. If those are his communication skills now. I'm very concerned about him and others just like him
0: exactly 100% and my and my kids are guilty Um, now the the again we have a nine-year gap between them and the oldest one was the the one that was outside the most and then it sort of decreased as uh, the kids came came of age but the youngest one is 16 and so there's a four-year gap between him and the second youngest and he works at McDonald's and He literally told me a story about how he got upset at his manager and he came home and I said, what do you mean you came home and you got upset at your manager? What what do you mean you came home? And he said, well, I told the manager that I I didn't want to work on Sunday. And my manager said that I had to work on Sunday. I said, that's why you got mad at your manager. <laughs> I said, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> and, and, and not only did not only did you get mad at your manager, then you left your shift today. This isn't Sunday. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and it's something that that I struggle with with him because it's kind of like I see society, the difference in society from my 25 year old to my 16 year old, um, and it's it's something that's that's very concerning. Like I said before for the future of, of, of everything future of the country and everything
1: and it didn't take that long I mean it's just a matter it, it of did a not. that's crazy
0: and it happened underneath the... my nose of somebody who's oh, cognizant oh, about oh. it right you know what I mean yeah yeah
1: and you don't notice it I mean we I hope I didn't just cough all over you if I did I apologize I think I muted you um did I you cough did. on you
0: oh, <laughs> no you muted Okay. oh good
1: <laughs> I, For some reason, my voice is very raspy today, so I'm having to keep my thumb on this button. But, you know, you don't notice what's going on right around you because we're living it. We're breathing it. We're busy. We're, you know, taking the kids to school. We're building websites. Whatever it is that we're doing, and it really doesn't become apparent until you, like, you know, the story you just shared, like, oh, geez, how did I not notice that? Chances are you're not going to.
0: Right. Exactly. And it's, um, you know, it's something that I think about often um, because in, in some ways I kind of feel that uh, I've changed as a parent also. Um, you know, our oldest, when he was, you know, 8 or 9, was in bed by uh, 8 p.m., right? By the time the youngest came around, you know, his bedtime was 10 at 8 or 9 because he had older siblings that were up uh, until 10. You know what I mean? So the parenting has changed from the oldest to the youngest as we grow as parents um as society changes you know they're they're doing everything on on tablets in school these days um obviously covid changed the way that kids are learning where with hybrid learning and at home for for a year and a half and here in columbus anyway and it's something that that i think about do i need to be uh, a better parent do i need to stop going along with the norms of society right stop um just saying well that's how it is these days and, and and be the one to step up and change and I think about it often um, and it's something that that my wife and I talk about all the time like you know our youngest is so much different from from the other three not just the oldest but from the other three um, and it's our fault it has to be our fault right because <laughs> we're the ones raising them um, so, 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 my so, so what brother, happened you know <laughs> my
1: youngest brother was the, he was the baby of the family obviously and we were convinced that he was absolutely spoiled. He wasn't. But he he just grew up so differently from the rest of us and we noticed it. We did.
0: Yeah, and um and, and our youngest is a little spoiled, um, I would say because we um, you know, we were a little more traditional when, when the older three were there with, uh, you know, dinner as a family. And um, I'll admit, you know, as they started to move out and the house got bigger and we got closer to being empty nesters and uh, the youngest didn't want to, you know, have dinner with us. He was at friends' houses or friends were over or they were out to eat. Um, we kind of got used to that, my wife and I, you know. Um, and so the amount of dinners at a, at a table changed Um, from, from our oldest to, to our youngest. And that has something to do with social skills and, and actually answering the question, how was your day rather than, you know, them just saying fine. Right. Um, you know, we had those conversations when, when it was all four of them at the table, you know, how was your day? What happened today? What was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? And those conversations aren't happening. So again, I think about it all the time because I'm the culprit, right? And we are the culprits, The, the people who are raising the kids are the culprits. And I'm just as guilty as everybody else.
1: Well, I'm not going to say guilt. I don't think so. Look, I watched it in my family. I mean, I was the babysitter. I was the one that helped with the cooking. You know, I was an old soul. I was the little mom, practically. And then my sister, right um, after me, same thing. In fact, she says that once she grew up enough to start taking over, I abdicated and went in my room and read for the rest of my life. (laughs) And that's probably true. (laughs) But... But the thing is, you mentioned something um, a little bit earlier about, about him leaving work and just saying, oh, I'm not going to do this. What I worry about, and I think what you're worrying about, too, is what our kids are going to be doing once they hit, once they get into jobs. And, and we're seeing it now. We're seeing a lot of millennials and younger who are just, they're not going to play. Book, your book is Go Play, but they're not going to play. You do it they're their not, way or yeah. they're going walk. and. That's not good. In a a way, I get it because I'm kind of a, you know, I'm going to take my own path too. But there comes a point where you have to just say, listen, this is my job. I signed up for this. I agreed that I would be this employee. I need to do this until I can find something that suits me better. You can't just walk off. And unfortunately, that's happening a lot.
0: It is happening a lot. And and with the, you know, employee shortage too. Um, yeah. and the increase in the increase in ways to make money yourself, uh, you know, the Ubers and the door dashes and, and, the different entrepreneurial type things that you can do, you know, on your own schedule. Um, it's one of those things to where the entire landscape is, is shifting. Um, I told my son when he came home that day, I said, you're they're probably going to fire you. You know, I'd start looking for another job and they didn't, you know what they did?
1: They, they gave him the Sunday off. Him
0: they, no, they, they, should. Should have fired they him. 100% and I told him I said you need to start looking for another job they're gonna fire you and he came home and he said no they they said I could have Sunday off and they're, they're so strapped for employees that that the employer is putting up with this behavior also so the whole landscape is shifting um, and, and though I do agree with you I, I want my kids to be free spirits uh, we have three boys and one girl my girl is certainly the most free spirit of them all and she'll let you know, uh, you know, how she feels and, um, you know, she doesn't care who, who you are, you know. And I like that about her. I like that toughness and grit about her um, because she needs to have that in life. Um, but at the same time, there's an appropriate place and time for it, right? Um, and walking off of a job is not because you've, you've got to think of the domino effect of, of what's happening, right? And even though we're just talking about McDonald's, uh, what what if this was, you know, a, a major job, right? Like like you said, when they hit that uh, real big boy type jobs, um, you can't just walk off of a project and leave everybody shorthanded. The domino effect is certainly real.
1: Now I'm scared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to scare you, but it's something I think about so often, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my stomach hurts, but I see it. I think we're all seeing it, but we don't know what to do. So, yeah, you know, that's maybe that's something that our audience needs to really stop and think about. How am I serving my employer or my employees? How am I serving my kids? How am I serving humanity, if you will? Because if we are just accidentally or happenstance raising kids that so it's just me, 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 that's kind of our fault. So we it's need our fault. to step Yeah, we need to think about all of that. So before we could talk about this all day, but I think we're we going to wear it out. <laughs> so, so, so tell tell the audience about you because you are the CEO of Richardson Marketing Group, and I do want to know how you went from playing basketball as a kid to, to building these businesses, but your business has received multiple awards, and most notably the number one best place to work in Columbus, Ohio, and the sixth fastest growing company in the Columbus metro area, and I'm going to ask because I'm not entirely sure I'm through with this this line of of thought, but how do you keep employees with what's going on?
0: Well, we play a lot. (laughs) You know, our (laughs) office is is certainly, yeah, it's certainly a a fun environment. It's a welcoming environment. Um, We have a pool table, ping pong table, uh, TVs uh, all over the office. Uh, foosball table cornhole we grill out on Fridays if the weather's nice Um, we are not micromanagers here even though they are employees w2 employees uh, we certainly say think work and act like a CEO and in fact I want all of my employees to eventually own their own companies and, and dive off into entrepreneurship so we have uh, the future CEOs of America FCA meetings uh, for those that want to um, to sort of learn about those next steps and so we really invest in our employees um, and we really want to make sure that that we have the best of the best we pay them well they play They're again they're not micromanaged and what we found during COVID and I'll sort of answer your first question about me here, here in a second but what we found during COVID when we did close the office due to mandates here in Columbus um my guys are miserable at home <laughs> now it was cool you know an, an anxious time period um yeah. you know obviously we didn't know what was going on right and, and I'm talking about March uh, 2020 you know April May 2020 um but pretty quickly uh, as soon as we were allowed to we we brought the, the staff back um we found that a lot of people come to work to get away from the stresses of life and yeah. I al- always have preached yeah, I've always preached listen, whatever problems you have, you need to leave them at the door at nine o'clock, and I promise you one thing, they'll be there to hold your hand and, and walk you home at 5.30, but while you're here, uh, those problems don't don't leak into your work. And <clears throat> I think that has kind of bled into the the feeling of the atmosphere here. Um, and so they, they you know, it's a problem-free zone, right? And that's how we keep employees, and that's how we continue to, to make the list of of uh, best places to work in, in in the Columbus area, for sure.
1: Okay, Derek, what what got you going down that path of making? <laughs> you're gonna clobber me for this, but it almost sounds like a, an adult daycare. Like they get to play, they get to have graham crackers, they get milk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're
1: How, we're very.
0: Uh, yeah, no, but but we're very, uh, but we work hard, right? You know. Uh, Again being in in, and we're back-to-back fast 50 recipients. So two straight years. We've been on the list of the 50 fastest-growing companies in in Columbus uh, privately held companies in the Columbus metro area 10 County region Um, and it's because we work hard also uh, we are very much a locker room. We are very much sports-focused. Uh, we are very much, uh, hey, do your job so we can play, right? I mean, just because we don't micromanage and we don't have set breaks doesn't mean at 9 o'clock uh, the pool table and the ping-pong table are getting used, right? Um, you know, guys, uh, it, we're in sales, and so sales is frustrating. We're, we're told no many more times than we're told yes, and sometimes we just need to, to let off some steam, and I felt, I have always felt it's better to let off steam here in your office, in your home, than it is to to get out of the office and and take a drive or something like that, right? Because we're all experiencing the same thing uh, as sales reps. And, you know, to directly answer your question why I made it this way is because this is how uh, I envisioned a a job when I was an employee versus an employer. Um, Look, I know how to do my job. You've trained me well. I know what I'm doing. Um, I don't, need you to tell me that I'm going to be hungry at 12 and and that I'm going to stop being hungry at one, right? Um, So I don't need you to tell me that I'm only allowed to use the bathroom at 10.15 and I have to be done using the bathroom at 10.30, right? Um, I don't want to be micromanaged and you know, to some degree when I am and have been micromanaged in the past, I don't perform at my best level because I'm so frustrated that I have somebody looking over my shoulder. Um, So it's
1: that if you want yeah, to make somebody really angry, chronically angry, take over what they're doing over their desk, that'll do it.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you know, my story is a little different, and, and I think that. Uh, so, so back to your original question about me and how I uh, sort of started to to become an entrepreneur. I, I just did life backwards. Uh, grew up in a in a an affluent suburb of Columbus. My father is an immigrant uh, he's from Nassau Bahamas he came to Columbus to get his PhD uh, at Ohio State the Ohio State University met my mom fell in love and never went back to the islands uh, he is a clinical psychologist he's in his mid 70s and still works to this day as a clinical psychologist he instilled work ethic uh, in our in our uh, family I have three other siblings so, so there's four of us total um, he, he had his private practice, still does have his private practice, but uh, also works for the Bureau of Di- uh, Disability Discrimination. So uh, if somebody is trying to file for disability based on psychological reasons, he's reviewing those claims cases. Um, and cases. And when we were younger, he was also a professor at Ohio State and taught at the local high school also. Um, so very much uh, an entrepreneur, very much multiple streams of income. And my mother was an accountant um, for some reason. Um, of the of the four children I was the one that uh, that was the rebel and um, teenage father um, found uh, recreational drugs at a a young age uh, found uh, drugs and partying and drinking at a young age and I remember the thing that really turned my life around was when I was uh, when I was holding my firstborn and I said wow uh, I have to take care of this this thing and my parents did such a great job of taking care of me. now I'm a little frightened on how I'm going to take care of this this thing that fits in my hand right <laughs> and I remember and i and I remember saying "Wow, what am i what what am I doing?" It just it just like clicked uh what am I doing?" But at this time, I had sort of uh you know uh, burnt some bridges, and I was just doing some some odd and in sales jobs I've always been in sales, so whether it be canvassing and door knocking or telemarketing or setting appointments or uh selling windows or whatever. Nothing really felt like um, like a career. nothing really felt like home. and then you know you take a look at uh, my younger brother um, who uh, very successful uh he's he's a, an episcopal priest, uh, was very much into books, music, arts, uh you know a thespian, he was an actor, um, and then I'm looking at myself like, man you know I played sports but kind of got into that sort of you know nineties preppy jock. Kind of you know character, if that makes sense, right? To where you know I don't worry about school; all I want to do is party and play sports, and and that wasn't that that wasn't who I was brought up to be, you know. Um, so uh, at at in my young twenties, I I I, may, I decided to make a change. I wanted to make my parents proud. Um, I could see it in their eye that they weren't proud, um, and that was something that really hit home um, that they that they could uh, look at me and say, "Man, what is he doing? Where did we go wrong?" It really wasn't their fault. Um, Put myself through school finished my degree and by the graces of God I was actually doing telemarketing while I was uh, finishing up night school at a mortgage company so I was just creating leads for these mortgage brokers I had finished my degree I wanted to go teach I wanted to be a teacher so I could kind of curve uh, the youth and, 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 and any kid that was going down the path I was going down I could sort of you know say hey don't do that you know and uh, the the owner of the company at the time when I graduated he said hey I know that you graduated uh, college good for you. I've seen you work hard good for you um, You don't want to go teach Let me teach you how to be a mortgage broker and make some serious money and, and really have a, a career And so I did I, I got into the mortgage business in the mid-2000s. It was really good uh, Financially back then uh, more money than I had ever imagined I could make um, and then I got the itch for not only sales but entrepreneurship. So a lot of people don't understand that entrepreneurship. The key word there is risk, right? Um, it, it's taking an elevated risk. Um,
1: is what's sales. the word entrepreneurship? is. You, you have to be able to sell ethically and politely. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to believe in what you're saying.
0: A hundred percent. One hundred percent. So when the mortgage market crashed, and that's what this is kind of why I say I went through life backwards. So young parent, uh, then then college, uh, then a career. Uh, but then when the mortgage market crashed, I said, you know what? Um, I, I don't have to do this anymore. I actually want to go teach. You know, this is getting frustrating. We were in the subprime market, uh, which kind of dissipated overnight. Uh, I did go teach. I was a uh, high school teacher for kids on the. Um, special education for kids on the spectrum of autism, higher functioning end of of autism. So you're talking about PDD and OS, Aspergers, etc. Um, and really got um, just so much fulfillment out of being able to again take these kids who, uh, you know, for the most part are on the line of independence when they when they graduate. Some of these kids would be institutionalized or have to live with their parents for the rest of their life. Others would be able to be functioning members of society and my job uh, as a vocational coach was to uh, kind of push these people over and i found myself teaching um skills that i had learned in my uh you know in my sales days right i I was teaching them interview skills phone skills um um, looking people in the eye shaking hands right um i I had a firm belief that if you could talk you could sell on the phone and what i thought was telemarketing and, and just being on the phone is not true. As a mortgage broker, we did our business uh, 100% over the phone. And I had a buddy in the insurance industry; he did his business 100% over the phone. And so I, I thought that if these kids could talk, they may not have the, the eye contact because that's part of the um, so, some of the issues with autism, right? You don't have the the, the social look, but if you can talk and read a, a script and comprehend, you could make a pretty good career out of yourself. And so that's what I was teaching these kids. Um, but what I found I was missing was the fire of the sale, <laughs> right? Uh, so, uh, in, in the fire of you know wanting to be an entrepreneur and wanting to build a business and, and watching this guy who had sort of taken me under his wing and, and and taught me how to make some some money, I missed that that fire. And I said, you know what? Um, I love to teach. I'm not making a whole bunch of money right now. By this time, we have four kids, and um, how can I do something on my own? So I started it. Uh, Richardson Marketing Group actually started um, in 2009. What I did was when I was getting um, home from school, you know, I was, I was home by 3.30 or 4, I would call home improvement companies and I would say, hey, I see that you offer a free quote here in the yellow pages. Uh, I'd like to send people to you that are looking for a quote. You know, we charge $80 a person and we take a deposit of 10, so it's an $800 deposit. They would send me a PayPal and then I would hang up with the, the owner of the business. And I would call right out of the white pages, and I'd say, "Hey, you want a quote on your windows and siding, (laughs) right?" And generate leads for uh, for for these people. And uh, by chance, by yeah, by luck, um, you know, I I ran into a guy, uh, a very well-known entrepreneur here. I actually called him, cold-called him. I thought that he was um, a a home improvement business owner. He was not. Uh, He was actually a lead generator himself. And so what he was doing was building these websites um that was generating internet leads nowadays we all know that if we put our information on the internet we're going to be called five six seven times but he was sort of a pioneer in the in what's called the real-time internet lead space and so i went to work for him um long story short became a sales manager we helped to grow that business uh to one of the fastest growing companies in the nation Uh, we were number 11 uh in the nation according to Inc. magazine in 2010 and still the only company to be the number one fastest growing company in the, in the Columbus, Ohio region two years in a row. So to be number one two years in a row has not been done ever uh, still to this day. And so I got to see again the, the intricacies of building a small business, hiring, firing, having the right personnel, making sure that you're keeping positive people around you. Uh, and when he ended up selling uh, his company, I said, okay, time to do it myself. Um, and, and so uh, you know, I've been in business now for seven years uh, and Richardson Marketing Group is sort of the baby uh, of my businesses, the, the the granddaddy of them all, if you will and um, it's been the one that that luckily has been able to finance other deals as well. So uh, I'm also a partner in an insurance agency. Uh, So if if you have a marketing firm that knows how to generate leads for insurance agents, you might as well start an insurance agency. Um, And and, and that leads us to where I am today. I mean, I'm in the coffee business also, which was uh, something that Richardson Marketing Group was able to finance. So that's, uh, we've just been blessed to be able to invest back into uh, ourselves as, as businessmen. It's been great.
1: And do you – I'm listening really carefully, and I'm scribbling down this because this is a fascinating tale. So do you – and I've got the book open in front of me as well, but do you kind of take your curiosity about life and business and how to treat people back to go play? You know, you, you lived – differently than kids are living now and i'm not saying they're going to fail they're not there are some smart kids out there and they're doing things that are just brilliant at younger and younger ages and some i wonder if they're ever going to be able to tie their own shoes it's, yeah. yeah it's an interesting time we're living in they can't tell time on it with a watch and it's pretty crazy but i i watch what's going on and i'm fascinated by how fast it's all happening but like you i had to go play and i know how to play i know how to go outside and play with the dog or do whatever it is that i'm going to do and i know to take those breaks because you have to take those breaks and i think one of the smartest things i'm hearing from you is that you let your your employees go play i think that's brilliant
0: that's right that's right yeah and and you know I I very much you know through life I mean it is it is kind of go play right you know I'm outside I I have a kid at at 19 oops okay keep moving don't crumble right you can't come home and ask mommy and daddy what to do right Um, you you kind of figure it out Um, in the mortgage business teaching lead business you know I left out some some of those other side jobs that I had just I've always felt that that I can play with anybody because of those social skills and so I was never scared scared to try something new Um, It's kind of like I I don't care what room. I'm in I belong in this room Uh, that sort of confidence uh, which probably came from sports growing up and uh, You know, I I just think that if people acted like that more often that they would get more fulfillment out of life You know and to a certain degree. We're sort of complaining about the kids that uh, you know, that don't like it So they so they leave and and, um, you know um, Try something else, but there's an appropriate way to do that. There's an appropriate way to leave right um, but but very much so. If you don't like the job that you're in, leave. Right. If you want to be in business for yourself, go do it. You know, if you if you want to talk to the the pretty lady at the at the end of the grocery store, go do it. Like just go do it and not just wonder what would happen. You know, if you didn't. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. And it's a, it's a small book. I wrote it for, the, for this tweet to Instagram generation, TikTok generation. It's, it's a very short read. And I did that on purpose because, you know, attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. Shorter. Yeah. They at, at the society level, right? And, uh, but, yeah, but, but these kids are brilliant. Uh, you know, we, uh, It's so funny. Um, one of our director-level positions, director of recruiting and onboarding, uh, is 18 years old. 18, and she's a director in our in our company, and we had uh, an interview with a seasoned uh, recruiter, seasoned trainer. I mean, a guy who is. uh, I mean, his resume is just brilliant, right? Um, And it was down to those two candidates. And the thing that that caught my attention about this young lady um, was that she was smarter than I was when it came to technology. And nowadays, you got to recruit. Uh, via social media, and she and I asked her how would you go about recruiting young talent, and she was telling me all these tricks and the trades and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, and I said, Wow, I, I know nothing about it. I need okay. somebody uh, LinkedIn. I need somebody who knows this stuff uh better than than I do you're hired. <laughs> and so she was shocked when 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 we gave her the uh you know her her salary. She said I didn't ask for this much I said but this is what the position pays. Uh just don't let us down and she has been excellent and um you know I have not questioned that decision once but you're absolutely right there is certainly some gems and uh very very talented and smart young individuals uh that are going to take us to the next level in, in this in this nation for sure.
1: Oh, no question. And I like what you said about, you know, she's better than you in some things. I'm a web developer. I do a lot of social media marketing for my clients, and my team is all remote. I've never met any of them physically. I never will, and some of them have been with me for 10 years or better. But I learned early on to hire people who are better at something than I am. I can do everything I ask them to do. Should I? Oh, God, no. I would never be able to sleep. I would never get any rest. But I will find people who, whatever it is that I need them to do in my company, they are phenomenal at it, and they're constantly updating their skills. They're better than me. No question.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I forget the meme. Um, I think that... It, I think it was Steve Jobs, and don't quote me because I, I forget how it is. But I, I've seen this meme a million times. Steve Jobs, or the CFO, says to Steve Jobs, "You know, why are we investing so much uh, in our employees? You know, what happens if, uh, if if we make them so smart that they leave?" And he says, "What happens if we don't invest and they stay?" Right? Right. Um, right. So you want you want to have your your talent at your company, you want to have the best of the best, and so that's why you, uh, you teach and you invest in your people, and, and, and if they leave, they leave. You know, I've told everybody in this building, um, nobody's going to retire from Richardson Marketing Group, including myself. I hope to have an exit way before retirement age, right? So you make the, the moves that, that's good for you. It's up to me to keep you right? It's up to me to go make ahead. sure you want to stay here. But you, absolutely, you entertain opportunities. And if you want to do a, have a side hustle, go ahead and do that. I'll never forget at a job um, when, when LinkedIn was first coming around, I had several things on my LinkedIn page. I've always had some, you know, network marketing stuff going on on the side. And, you know, Richardson Marketing Group back in the day when I was just doing uh, the, the appointments for uh, the home improvement guys, I've had it, I had it all on my LinkedIn. And the guy tells me, you got to take all that stuff off your LinkedIn. Your your profile needs to be, you represent us. And I said, well, I'll just take you off of my LinkedIn. You don't own own my LinkedIn. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'll take this company off of my LinkedIn. You know, Um, that's perfectly fine. Um, But I want my guys to, to really flourish when it comes to entrepreneurship. It makes them better salesmen, more polished business professionals. And if they take those skills and they start their own company, good for them. You know what I mean? Good for them.
1: And we're talking a lot about social skills, whether they're a 14-year-old who's trying to get my dog back to me. God bless him. And my dog was killed about three months ago. And, you know, I oh, wow. she got out, and she was a hit and run, and she died. Oh, I, no. I was devastated. I was heartbroken. And this kid, honestly, I called his mom. I said, have you seen her issue? They said, no. She texted me later after I said, you know, Abby Rose died and she said, "My son was outside calling for her and offering her treats. This is a good kid. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm hoping yeah. that his social skills improve, and I'm sure they will. But yeah, you know, it's it's so. My point for telling you this is that it's so easy to dismiss some of these kids if you don't pay attention to them. It's like, you know, no, he didn't do a great job in the beginning, but at the end, his heart was there.
0: That's right. That's right." Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many um, young kids and and obviously with four kids and uh, having different friends and kids in and out of our house. We were that house, right, you know, that, where the kids came and stayed and were in the fridge and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and you just see them, and, and you know that they're genuinely good kids. And then as they have grown up and um, some of the social skills just aren't there, it's like, well, you can't give up on them. You're right. You know, I, I tease a lot about uh, my youngest being so much different from my oldest, but um, honestly, he's 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 far beyond his years when it comes to technology uh, you know these kids have those gaming computers you talked about your computer with your big screen uh not only did my 16 year old build his own computer uh he has built two computers for my employees who uh paid him you know to build these computers and this was 2 years ago uh so he was 14 um you know building these these gaming computers these high speed computers uh from scratch um, something that I couldn't even fathom, trying to figure out even with instructions. You know what I mean? Um, so we we certainly have some bright talent. Uh, we certainly have some very smart children. Um, you know, you just want to get the perfect school- storm of getting those those social skills up also at the same
1: time. It is important. It really is. I mean, it's conversing with them in a grocery store if you're just trying to find a watermelon can yeah. be challenging. <laughs> <laughs> that has <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> so. I like, oh my God, who tied your shoes for you this morning? But he tried, kind right. of right. <laughs> but and he's probably like you're. He's probably an idiot savant. <laughs> for, I don't know.
0: exactly right. Yeah, yeah.
1: You just never know. But I'm reading your book, and you, we talked a lot about sales too, which I think is so important because anybody who says, "Oh, I'm not in sales. I don't want to be in sales," I used to be that person when I was. You know, if I would put my my resume or do anything on LinkedIn, everybody wanted me to go to work for an insurance company. I was like, Ugh, I'd rather be hit by a truck than be in sales. <laughs> Guess what? I'm in sales. We are in sales. Are. Yeah. We're, we are. But you you have this great story about a lumberjack in your book. Can you kind of go over that a bit because I think it's important for people to hear. What you mean about sales and why we need to be paying attention to those and our social skills, and you put them together, it should pretty much be unstoppable.
0: Yeah, 100%. The lumberjack is my favorite story. Um, it's sort of an Aesop fable, um, but you know, there's this lumberjack, and you sort of picture uh, the the best of the best. He's he's the LeBron James of of chopping down trees, and he retires, um, and he's sitting on his porch drinking his favorite beverage with his wife, and he says, you know what, this just isn't the life for me. I'm sort of missing that fire, uh, sort of like I talked about earlier. He just mm-hmm. set a fire for, for chopping down trees in the competition, and said, I'm going to go back to the to the timber mill, and he goes back to the mill, and he talks to the manager, and he says, hey, I still got some, some years left here. I'd like to have my job back. Of course, he's he's a star. He's a stud. The, the manager says, sure, come on back, and he says, I promise you I won't let you down. I'll be I'll still continue to be number one and so if the average amount of trees that a lumberjack brings in for the day is is 10 you know the first week uh, this lumberjack is bringing down 13 14 15 trees he's on top of his game he's he's back right his fire is back um, and as the weeks go on it the numbers go down a little bit you know 12 13 trees you know, 10 11 trees and finally he's not number one anymore after about a month and he goes to the manager and he says you know what I am so sorry I'm not sure what's going on but I promise you I am working my tail off I'm giving you hundred percent and the manager just looks at him and he says you're spending so much time chopping down these trees when's the last time you sharpened your axe and it just and reminds, it just us, reminds that, us that it just reminds us that you have got to sharpen your axe you have got to uh, continue to um, to be better and learn grow. Times are changing. I mean, we just talked about social media and technology. If you're not up on those games, it doesn't matter how good of a salesperson you are, you have got to be up uh, on the times. In sales, if you're not up on the the best techniques and the newest techniques and the newest uh, tips and tricks of the trade, if you're not always working on personal development and motivation, um, then it doesn't matter how hard you're working. You just don't have the know-how to be you're not sharpening the tools you're not sharpening your and oh, right. 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 yeah, so it's one of my yeah, so favorite of my stories, stories out there.
1: And it is it is so important. I mean a lot of people say, Oh, I don't have time to learn social media. Are you on social media? Well yeah, you yeah, know, I'm talking with my friends, I'm talking with my family. Are you in any groups? Yeah, I'm in a few. Well what are you learning from those groups? Oh, Oh, oh. (laughs) I have had these conversations, and I said, is there any particular group or any particular group of entrepreneurs or subset of entrepreneurs that really, and I'm going to use your word, kind of light your fire. Well, yeah. Well, what are you doing about it? Are you taking any of their courses? Are you learning anything from them? Are you just going, oh, that's neat, and then going and watching TV? No, I'm learning. Okay, what are you doing with that? Well. Oh, <laughs> so oh. <laughs> get on social media and pay attention to what people are doing because th- and I'm going to say this for you and for me as entrepreneurs, I am firmly convinced that we want to help people get better at whatever it is that they need help with. We're going to help them. There may be one percent of us say, oh no i'm you know i'm I'm too busy, I can't help you no, go buy my product listen if you send me a note and say, I really want to talk to you about podcasting. Or, you know, I've got a problem with my WordPress website and I don't know how to fix it. I'm going to help you, and I'm not going to charge you a penny. It wouldn't occur.
0: 100%. I am the exact same way. And, and again, the story of, uh, of of the owner of the mortgage company that, that gave me that chance back then, uh, every time I do it to somebody else, I, I'm just reminded that had he not – Said no you're not going to go teach right now let me let me you know pay for your mortgage license let me show you how to be a mortgage broker if that didn't happen my life would not be what it is today you know uh, I would not have gotten that initial fire to be an entrepreneur I wouldn't have gotten sort of that that you called yourself a nerd but I'm also a nerd too right so I'm watching and learning how he's building this business as a small business and I wouldn't have got that initial curiosity of what it would be like to build a small business, uh, and, and I certainly would not be where I am today without him saying, let me take you under my wing. And so I like to do that and give back and, and pay it forward, right? Yeah, you have to do that. And for those that say, you know what, I'm too busy, you're not too busy. I haven't seen I anybody, anybody in this world this that's, that's too busy to to lend a hand to somebody. I I just haven't, right? You just don't want to. There's a difference. Um, You you can Um, take time to have a half an hour call with somebody or a 45-minute call with somebody to point them in the right direction. Um, You're not too busy to help somebody out who's trying to to better themselves. You're just not.
1: And listen, I hate TV. And, you know, I've mentioned it a couple times. I never liked it as a kid. I don't like it now. I cut cable uh, 10 or 11 years ago. It's of the healthiest days of my life. I just don't want to sit on my fanny and watch something. Now, give me a stack of books. I'm all in. I'm happy. But that's just how I learn. I read and I listen to, you know, not novels on Audible, but biographies and history on on Audible while I'm working. But the thing is, I'm never, ever so busy that I can't stop and look around and say, what am I missing? What's going on here? Because there's always something that you're missing, and I wanted to ask you, Derek. What do you suppose? And you know, now that you've got these kind of years between you, now and the time that you started this business, and, and your former employer said, "Let me help you." What do you suppose he saw in you that made him say, "Let's fix this. Let me help you." There had to have been something.
0: You, you know. I just had this conversation the other day. I, I mentor, speaking of uh, giving back, I mentor a young man, he's 25 years old, um, heck of a salesman, he will certainly uh, hear this podcast, so, uh, you know, Michael, I'm talking about you, yes. Um, he, he, uh, he, he's he's very good, he's very sharp, um, he just doesn't commit to to anything for very long, right? um he, he kind of gets excited about it he's, he's oh this is it right you know this is the, the next thing since sliced bread, and then he's on to something else and he will be a very sharp entrepreneur one day um i think that what my uh boss back then saw was that i, I was committed uh to the process and i followed through i, I told i asked him can i study um, you know, because I'm in I'm in night school, so you know at lunch I'm going to have my computer. out. Back then, you didn't people didn't have their own laptops, and we certainly didn't have smartphones, right? So to see a young kid in the break room with a with a computer, what could he could be stealing our data? He could be doing anything, right? So right. I told him, hey, you know, hey, I, I you know I'm in school. Can I can I study? Hey, listen, I'm planning on graduating, and once I graduate, I'm going to be out of here, and I'm going to go teach school, right? You know, remember I wasn't a mortgage broker; I was just entry level telemarketer. Making probably ten or eleven dollars an hour back then you know Um, but but the whole process the 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 purpose the intent that I had I had my plan and this is what he told me he said you had a plan you stuck to it every time you told me something you gave me your word um, and that's what I saw in you and you were very good at your job Um, so I knew that I could train you I could mold you I knew that if I could get you uh, to focus on this which would not have happened if I tried to, you know, bring you over to the mortgage broker side while you were in school because your focus was on school, right? He said, I knew that once I brought you over, you would focus and be one of the best, and I was, and um, and I think that's exactly what he saw in me.
1: That's lovely. I've got to ask you about Michael, though. Poor guy. Hi, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Does he promise you he's going to do something, or is it just kind of an open-ended? Because I'm going to say from the heart, when you break a promise to yourself, it's one of the most crippling things you can do to yourself. And when you do it over and over and over again, you're going to have some consequences. You're not going to like them.
0: Yeah, so I'd like to put it into context. So he has not ever let me down, Um, uh, but, you know, I I act as a mentor, uh, as a business mentor, uh, I would say as a, as a life mentor for him, also, and so some of the things that he does, he lets himself down, and that 's the conversation that we had in our week's uh, session this week um is that you're you're letting yourself down. you know you have to make a decision um so just to give you an example and I 'm not talking bad about him because he's an awesome kid, and I wouldn't mentor him if he wasn't um, but the example that we 're talking about he's in a sales position right now, um and about a month ago, this was the best thing ever. this is going to be so great, you know he's going to make so much money. Um, but he has another offer on the table. And so he hasn't made the decision yet to leave this this current position where he's at. And the problem is, is that because he's not focused on it, which I just talked about, um, and because he hasn't made the decision uh, yet, his work is now suffering at his current position. So the fire, the excitement, uh, you know, is gone because he, his mind is over here at this new opportunity and he's trying to make the decision on which opportunity should I take. Well, that hurt him because instead of leaving that decision at the door at nine o'clock and picking it back up at 9.30, he's thinking about it during the day and he, he can't be at 100%. He can't be as sharp as he, uh, as he possibly can because he, he hasn't made the firm decision. Either make the, defer, the decision to leave And give 100% to the new opportunity, or make the decision to stay and give 100% to the current opportunity, but don't leave it in limbo because now he's gone a week and a half without a sale, and he's asking me why. Why do you think my sales are are, are suffering? I said because you're thinking about this new opportunity. That's why. You know, you're hurting. You're you're shooting yourself in the foot um, because you haven't made the decision to either stay or to leave. You think you've made the decision uh, to stay and you figure it out, but you haven't because subconsciously you're already checked out, or at least partially checked out, and that's why your sales are, are sort of fumbling right now. So oh, those man. are the types of wish him, he, he's a I wish him kid. the best. I do. Yeah, he, I yeah he he never, he, he's very, he sharp, very sharp. Very awesome kid. Very sharp, uh, very awesome kid. He will be um, an aw- awesome entrepreneur one day. Um, he really will. He's, he's young. He's 25 years old, um, and, and he learns, and he soaks up information, and, and he really takes what I say to heart. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things to where you have to learn. You have to go through those those uh, those stumbling blocks at that age. At twenty five, I did. You know, everybody does. Oh
1: yeah, you did. I mean, I yeah. I look back at twenty five and go, oh man, I was arrogant. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't nearly as smart as I thought I was. I'll
0: tell you that. Me neither. And I told my daughter, she just turned twenty. Well, she'll be twenty one in June. I said uh, I said my 20s were the were the worst decade of my life um, I said because I wasn't thinking about the future I did not move with intent I did not move with purpose I kind of you know flew by the seat of my pants I mean if I knew what I knew now in my 20s I'd be so far ahead but in my 20s I thought I was on top of the world my parents didn't know anything my bosses didn't know anything you know it was crazy
1: you could drive fast, and you'd never have a wreck. Oh, yeah, been there. Done. Exactly, 100%. <laughs> we were bulletproof. You just described me. It's very sad. <laughs> we do outgrow that, and we do learn how to focus. And to me, learning how to focus was when my life finally started kind of coming together because I had no focus. I was just doing whatever I darn well wanted to do.
0: It's crazy how that works, isn't it?
1: Yep, it is. Listen, we've got about two minutes. And before I let you go, and thank you for this fascinating conversation, what else do you want the audience to know? Is there anything that we kind of missed here that you think is very important for a very large audience? Sorry, Michael. People are going to learn about you. And we. I do wish you the best. I really do. So what do you want people to know? And then I'll ask you where people can find seconds. you.
0: Sure. So certainly uh, I want people to know that um, that you can do whatever you put your mind to. My mom told me that as a young kid, told my brother that as a young kid, told my sisters that. And I really believe that if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Don't be stuck in these ruts uh, where you think that you're sort of trapped. You're not. Now it takes work. It takes hard work. You have to move with focus and intent. You have to certainly make a plan and stick to the plan. But if you do that, you can do Whatever you want, and then once you get there, remember how you got there. You know what I mean. Continue to sharpen your axe, and you'll be just fine.
1: That is brilliant, and thank you so much. So, where can people find you? And your book is on Amazon. I actually, um, I think it's free on Amazon Kindle right now. It is free.
0: It is free on Kindle. Uh, you can certainly find my book on Amazon. Uh, we're in. Uh, we're on Walmart.com. We are Barnes and Nobles. We're everywhere. Um, But, yeah, DerekRichardson.com. My name is spelled a little funny, D-E-R-Y-C-K, Richardson.com. And all my businesses are there also.
1: Excellent. Derek, thank you. It has been really wonderful speaking with you. And I thank you for spending so much wonderful time with us. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us wherever you Well, iTunes, but wherever you consume your business podcasts. Honestly, you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in success radio. Just look for us and take us along on your success journey. Derek, thank you again. I really appreciate you being here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and
1: go to the podcast tab. With Lucky lands plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere.